1: How's it going, my fellow Americans? Welcome to the show. It's time for another bonus episode of the Politics and Punk Rock Podcast. And I, of course, am Andrew for America. Today, I want to pay a little tribute to our favorite marketing and advertising and promotion software application given to us by the Chinese, known as TikTok. And because TikTok may soon be banned for we Americans here in the United States, I wanted to pay tribute to the app uh, and give thanks for all that I have learned from countless hours of scrolling and listening and learning. At TikTok University. So today allow me to present to you Reality Lies Damn Lies and Statistics Part eight entitled Tick Tock Tick Tock Tick Tock TikTok But first a commercial break we'll be right back.
4: The United States, and I say this to you as an economist, for the first time in a century, the United States has a real, serious economic competitor. You know, World War I ended that issue. The United States emerged top of the heap. The two potential challengers, Britain and Germany, had defeated themselves in that war. They were no match. The Japanese tried a little bit, they came too little, too late, and they were wiped out in World War II. And the United States, top of the pile, top of the heap. The Soviet Union, whatever you think of it, was never an economic competitor of the United States. Much too poor, much too underdeveloped. They couldn't do it. They never could. And nobody who's ever been uh, involved in real economic History would imagine, but that is no longer true. I am not arguing for or against, but the People's Republic of China is a new, real phenomena for the United States.
5: It's a new competitor. Americans
4: cannot get their heads around it. I understand. That. Nobody wants to live in the empire when it's declining. It's a lot of fun when it's going up it is not a lot of fun when it comes down it's like certain drugs very different experience going up and coming down let me give you just a couple of examples so you understand one of the most important economic tools in the world today is rapid trains trains that go a couple hundred miles an hour that cut down the time to go from one city to another for a person or for cargo That changes the pricing dynamic of everything because it is cheaper and easier to have people meet and to have goods move. It's going to be a significant part of the global competition in the years ahead. The world has quite a a long track of really fast trains. Two-thirds of the world's fast trains are located in the People's Republic Of China. Zero in the United States. I could give you many more examples, just think about that one. The fastest thing we have is the train that runs from Boston to Washington DC, the Acela, which I have taken many times. It is not a fast train. It's faster than the usual trains in the United States, but it doesn't compare with the TGV, if you know what that is, in Europe. Or the fast trains uh, in China. You can't do this. Most of the the vast majority of of cities that are large, of one million or more, are in People's Republic of China. They keep building cities before they move the people in, so that the cities are rationally organized in relationship to the transportation, in relationship to the different neighborhoods and different kinds of work that people have. The whole urban Reality is fundamentally different and organized. The Chinese have a government that mobilizes public and private capitalism, public and private enterprises, to achieve priority goals. Here are the three goals they've achieved you might want to think about. Number one, growth in total output called GDP. How fast does the growth in the total output of goods and services, how fast does it grow? For the last 25 years, the average annual growth of, of GDP in China has been between 6 and 9%. Over the exact same 25 years, the annual average growth of GDP in the United States has been between 2 and 3%. Do you understand that Chinese, for a quarter of a century, have produced economic growth three times as fast as the United States. Of course they're catching up. Of course, simply drawing the the line of the graph means that before this decade is over, the largest economy in the world will be China, not the United States. Okay? Here's the second priority. Real wages. What happens to the average wage in money that a, a Chinese worker is paid relative to the prices he or she has to pay at the store. That's what we call the real wage, the money wage adjusted for the cost of living. In the United States over the last 25 years, the real wage has moved very, very little, less than one-half of 1% per year. We have a stagnant real wage. By the way, that's one of the reasons the white male working class is as upset as it is. Over the same 25 years, get ready now, the real wage of the average Chinese worker has quadrupled. This is not a contest. The contest is over. It's only now the results of who won and who lost. <laughs>
6: Because if it's really just the fault of these politicians, then where are all the other bright people of conscience? Where are all the bright, honest, intelligent Americans ready to step in and save the nation and lead the way? We don't have people like that in this country. Everybody's at the mall, scratching his ass, picking his nose, taking his credit card out of his fanny pack and buying a pair of sneakers with lights in them. So I have solved this little political dilemma for myself in a very simple way. On election day, I stay home. I don't vote. Fuck them. Fuck em. I don't vote. Two reasons. Two reasons I don't vote. First of all, it's meaningless. This country was bought and sold and paid for a long time ago. The shit they shuffle around every four years... ...doesn't mean a fucking thing. And secondly, I don't vote, because I believe if you vote, You have no right to complain. People like to twist that around, I know. That's the way the ruling class operates in any society. They try to divide the rest of the people. They keep the lower and the middle classes fighting with each other so that they, the rich, can run off with all the fucking money. Fairly simple thing happens to work. You know anything different, that's what they're gonna talk about. Race, religion, ethnic and national background, jobs, income, education, social status, sexuality, anything you can do, keep us fighting with each other so that they can keep going to the bank. You know how I describe the economic and social classes in this country? The upper class keeps all of the money, pays none of the taxes. The middle class pays all of the taxes, does all of the work. The poor are there, Just to scare the shit out of the middle class.
7: (laughs) Keep them showing up at those jobs. I have a very hard time believing that we aren't participating in some sort of mass awakening when you have Jim Caviziel saying things like this on Steve Bannon.
8: Where is our Pope? Why is he not speaking out when poor Catholics are being ripped? to to kingdom come from the FBI
9: these are the things that are going on in there it's like a, a, a tentacle the, the uh, octopus with arms it's many many arms but you got to go after the head of right. the octopus in this one. who is it the central banks, the IMF, the ECB, the private West central banks, the biz, the Rothschild banks we have a Rothschild Pope and there are great Americans out there that are fighting right now fighting. With all their hearts, but they, they don't have a voice. So I'll be that voice. I saw what John the Baptist did. I think about him all the time in this situation. Would you lose your head for Christ?
10: Wow.
11: In this world is one illusion after another. The illusion that was thrust upon me like all other Americans was this illusion of freedom and democracy and all this bogus stuff. And the illusion is powerful. The indoctrination process is very powerful. But unless we can manage to see through this indoctrination, what chance do we have to solve our problems? Unless we can see the world for what it is, how is it possible to solve the problem? And again, at the end of the day, how many are we, and how many are those in power? We outnumber them. Millions to one, when it comes down to it. So how pathetic is it that we, we the masses, we have all this power, and yet we allow ourselves to be continuously divided? And how do they do this? It's one lie after another, but if there is a head to the snake, it is the financial system. This financial system, which is the most fraudulent scam in the history of our world, is probably responsible for more death and suffering than any other system. And I actually thank God.
0: The FBI agent on the commanding, uh, you know, agent running the scene, reached out to Epstein's lawyers and let Epstein lawyers come and decide what was privileged and what was able to be taken. Are you serious? Yep. How is it that we are sitting here now after he, I don't know what you're gonna say, he committed suicide in the prison where no one had ever been able to commit suicide before, after Ghislaine Maxwell has also gone off to prison
12: and we've learned nothing from her trial, Sean, nothing. Take away the island. You have all these billionaires going to New York, staying in his town home with them. When I travel somewhere, I don't stay at their house. So I think we can all agree. We don't really know where his money came from and it's massive
0: wealth. They gave Epstein a plea deal that excused his underage trafficking, you know, basically home confinement. Like, I mean, it was a joke. It was like no sentence at all. The plea deal covered him and unnamed possible co-conspirators.
7: And talked about as much as that there's been four billionaires subpoenaed as part of this jp morgan epstein case including including thomas pritzker who runs the hyatt hotels uh, uh corporation and he is uh, in epstein's black book written next to his name is numero uno number one That's a pretty odd thing to have next to your name. And the Pritzkers are very much tied to the Democratic uh, Party, Uh, the Carnegie Endowment for International Peace, where William Burns, who was Joe Biden's pick for CIA director that was meeting with Epstein, he met with Epstein right before he went from essentially being Hillary Clinton's deputy at the State Department to the Carnegie Endowment for Peace, which Penny Pritzker runs, who, of course, is related to Thomas Pritzker. And the Pritzkers, as I note in my book, are essentially this... uh, uh, very powerful clan out of chicago who were responsible in a large part for obama's uh, presidential and senate career and have historic ties to organized crime uh, going way 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 back uh to
8: one thing that is very true that people should know the dark side of the equation of this is committed Co- committed committed that yeah. should not be as hope as you you not a casual you know, stroll in the park kind of day, everything that they do in the, the hand signals, the, the messaging, all of that, all of that vibrational energy is total pure commitment. And it takes unconscious people who seek power in a world of men, mostly dominated by men. There are women on there, but an w- unconscious world of men to make possible the ritual magic that facilitates idols of worship who have nothing to do with your lives, on any level. What they say on TV, what they say online, is all their perception of reality broadcast out to you and I for us to debate, and that shit lives rent-free in our heads. That's really what it comes down to, it lives rent-free. They tax the sh-
13: You can't possibly invent a new medicine in under a year. You can't do it, it doesn't matter how much you want to, you can't conduct all the necessary steps in a year. So it's a lie. Whatever they put in there, it's not what they've said. Last thing. For 60 years since I was born in 1960, when this country still had thalidomide on the market, since that time of realising that thalidomide caused birth defects, we have had a habit in this country of not ever subjecting pregnant women to experimental medical therapies or even (laughs) soft cheeses. So why did the college of obstetrics and gynaecology lie and advise pregnant women to go and get jabs. Doesn't that fit with what I've just told you? They wanted this in everybody. This is a murderous attack on humanity. It starts above the level of nation. That's why the lockdown stuff was the thing that leapt at me. It's not in any country's pandemic plan. And yet they all did it.
3: Something unbelievable happened for us in the FBI. We were getting lots of rumors about this high level asset that worked for several intelligence agencies at the same time he worked for the saudi intelligence service he worked for the cia and he was being developed as a political asset in chicago illinois he was not even a united states citizen but it was said that he was a student visa and that he was a a national from another country in 2008 everyone in the intelligence structure found out who he was it was this individual, whose name I don't like to say, who became president in 2008
0: of the United States. And I will faithfully execute the office of president of the United States. The office of president of the United States.
3: One of his codenames was Renegade. His real name was Barry Sortaro, but uh, he adopted a different name. Uh- you know who that is?
10: The most powerful man in the world. Pee Pee Orsini, alias. Domenico, Napoleon, Orsini, the Great Boat. Chief of the Rothschilds. Chief of the Rockefellers. Head of the Vatican. Chief of the complete black nobility. You will not see these faces in the press. Time to bring them to light.
14: Czar is the perpetrator of the largest genocide this country has ever seen, and you do not know his name But that just changed today. It turns out he's the boss of Anthony Fauci, he's the boss of CDC, he's the boss of NIAID, he's the boss of NIH, he's the boss of the FDA, and guess what? He's the first guy that the FBI should cut, lock up, and put in prison for the rest of his life. And don't think I'm actually advocating justice for the sake of justice. I'm advocating justice because The minute we actually have the first felony conviction, as it turns out, the emergency use authorization cannot stand if the basis of it was a felony. And that's written into the law. We have one focus. We have one silver bullet. And I'm waiting for one AG in this country to stand up and be accountable.
15: At the Commonwealth Games, the 22nd Commonwealth Games for 2022, And this year they had uh, 72 nations and territories participating. Roughly, they estimate almost a third of the world's population. Prince Charles opened it in lieu of the Queen. At that event, a giant Molech bull 10 meters in height was rolled out into the center of the stadium to be worshiped and to face a large recreated, rebuilt right there in front of everybody, mock tower of Babel. And it begins with a star exploding in our solar system. It explodes a bright star like Lucifer. That's what it is, exploding. And its shards fly through our solar system and they reach Earth. And they land in all the nations of the Commonwealth. And these 72 quote unquote dreamers, New Agers, find these shards.
16: What we're really seeing here is the dawn of a post human era, a time of ascendance for those deemed worthy. And what makes someone worthy? How does man or woman ascend to Godhood? I'm not talking about some phony Christian superstition. If you want to see, you know, all the good that thoughts and prayers have done, you can go walk through a cemetery. But there are gods, they're real, the worthy have always known this. And you can look at sacrifice, you know, as, as barbaric or primitive. But that's just ignorant. The gods demand sacrifice because, I mean, there's there's a whole lot that this accomplishes. But, you know, one thing, although it's not the, the main thing, is it draws their attention. And it shows the gods that the one performing the sacrifice is asking to be like them. We're saying, you know, let...
17: I had houses. Listen, hold on. I had houses on Rikers Island. Right. That don't can, translate to earth. Listen, listen. I mm-hmm. control shit. You heard? That so don't translate to earth. Listen, listen. Listen what I'm saying, bro. Yeah. Uh-huh. Listen uh-huh. what I'm saying, bro. Because you, you, you saying you've been in the penitentiary. You understand that. No, I listen. said I never pled guilty. I said so, they no, helped me until I, 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 I beat so, Charles. So you may not understand this. So what I'm saying is, is I already, I know how to get, I know how to beat blood out of rock. Right? So a nigga can't tell me he going to give me $100 million to play with my butt. Cause I'm gonna go one. I'm not a homosexual. Two. I'm never selling my soul. Three. I don't care if it's a hundred billion dollars. I'm gonna get it on my own. You personally, right? Listen, I'm gonna get it on my own. Let me get to the point, bro. Right. So I'm gonna get it on my own. The other, the, a lot of these artists don't be real niggas. That shit you see on the record or whatever they making. They not really solid, they not thorough, they never sold on drugs, they got mommy and daddy at home, they never They never even yeah, yeah, been yeah. through shit. So when they get proposition and they see a car, they go, they don't know, got, don't drink after a nigga. They yeah, don't know. That. According
6: to reasonably sane sources, the coronation ceremony of King Charles III may be something far more than just a festive event. In fact, there are those who would say... The good King Charles just may be another jagged piece in the demonic puzzle. Welcome to the WTF Files. The ultimate aim of all science to penetrate the unknown. The greatest mystery is right here, right under our feet. These are the stories that will make you say WTF.
18: I say my prayers and I'm a spiritual person. Mm-hmm. And I'ma let God settle all this craziness and all this. But we can't all do that again. Yeah. Yeah, but that's what I'm doing, man. You know, I'm not what I'm doing. I think it's a I think it's a, a higher power than all of it, than I think it's a higher power than government. I think it's a higher power than all of those things. And uh. And I've been let down personally. You feel let down, and you get you feel like you're a victim. I've had all that stuff in my life, you know. And uh, 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 I'm down with that higher power. That's that's who that's who my I get my voice.
11: but isn't isn't that kind of like isn't that kind of like being a slave on the plantation and just
19: singing and saying Lord will make a way.
11: How you think? just sing? <laughs> and look, Lord will make a way instead of whipping some ass for voting. But what's, you, what's that
18: gonna accomplish by, by whipping some ass for voting? It will accomplish more than just... And you know, that's what this video is about. The group ASAP, and in particular, one of the members, ASAP Rocky. Let me explain. When he told me that he was at that industry event and came in contact with ASAP Rocky, I knew exactly what he was getting ready to talk about next. I've noticed that within their videos, there is a ton of occult symbology. These guys playing with Bibles, standing inside of baphomets. The clothing line that they're wearing has the compass and square. It's called Black Label, and has baphomets on it. These guys fully are promoting the occult. And ladies and gentlemen, this is not the only group that is guilty for using a high amount of occult symbology within their videos. What's going on right now within the entertainment industry and media at large, period, is the fulfilling of Alice Bailey's stratagem to make all of the arts occultic. Music, poetry, um, arts, etc. to make them immoral, occultic, obscene.
19: The secret is that masonry is a sex cult. that's why they wear their apron over their Holy of Holies. Just like there's a veil in the Temple of Solomon that covers the holy place where the Ark of the Covenant is. Well, this is the Holy of Holies of the Mason. That's why Masonic monuments are obelisks. Like Washington's Monument, the largest obelisk in the world. He was a Freemason. It's a giant phallic symbol.
20: It's all there for everyone to see. That, is, the, that is
19: what the Masons mean by resurrection. Wow. When they, when you, if you go to a Masonic funeral, they talk about the sure and certain hope of the resurrection. That's not, they don't, when they say that word, they don't mean what all the nice, you know, Christian people sitting in their chairs think they mean. They're talking about the fact that the phallus dies and then rises again.
17: The monument is 55.5 feet from the base, which also equates to is 66.
21: Distraction is Britney Spears. Another distraction, Jay-Z and Beyonce, Taylor Swift, what these people are doing at their concerts. That's the distraction, okay? An alien or a puppet in some politician or celebrity's body isn't what you need to be focused on. You need to be focused on things like why Australia just advised young women and women that are pregnant to not come to the U.S. because of trafficking. Australia is not the only country that has put up a travel advisory warning for the U.S. People are glorifying homelessness living in vans because they can't afford a one-bedroom apartment working three jobs. People who are going out of the country to visit other cities and towns, they're saying that they've been eating five times a day, had no bloating and no weight gain. When they come back to the U.S., they start eating food, they're bloated, they're in pain, they need to go to the hospital, they're gaining 10 pounds a week. Why are things being derailed? Why are explosions happening? Like, these are things that we need to be focused on. Who cares about brain?
12: Developmental stages to the human brain. There's from birth to seven years old. From birth to seven years old, we're all sponges. We don't differentiate between true and untrue information. There's just information, right? This is one of the reasons why my son, when he was four, just fell head over heels in love with his grandpa. His grandpa's wrong pretty much all the time. (laughs) He just lies. He tells stories that that never happened. He just makes stuff up, right? Oh, the reason this is happening is because of that. And I'm like, no, that's that's not true at all. My four-year-old son doesn't care. Or when he was four, he didn't care. But Babu, who he calls his grandpa Babu, Babu tells the best stories. So now my son is 10. He has left that first developmental stage. But because of those years spent with his grandfather, he is now predisposed to believe his grandfather. The second developmental stage happens from seven to 13. In that period of time, you can start to differentiate true and untrue information. But you choose which information you want Ashtoreth. She, in, in Mesopotamia, she's called Ishtar.
0: When she went into the Greek land, she was called Aphrodite. And then Venus. She is all over. Hmm. And she's mentioned specifically there. Now, in, in the Canaanite mythology, she's actually the wife of Baal. So Baal has a wife. Okay. And so, so when Baal comes, the next one to come, it says, in the Bible it says Baal, then it says Ashtoreth. Then she's coming in. So what this means is once the door is open, she is the goddess of sexuality, of sexual immorality. She's the goddess. She's actually called a prostitute. She's the goddess who, who her temples were filled with with sexuality. All it was made, made it public. So if she returns, what would happen? If she comes back, it means that America is under going to undergo a sexual revolution. That is that that is the sign of the possession of Ishtar or this goddess. And the thing is, so sex comes. What she did? What a prostitute is? Is she? She actually, she actually damages marriage. She actually weakens marriage. That's what. That's what happens. Bring sexuality. Into the culture.
4: In ancient times in
8: Israel, I'm going to show you two instruments of tyranny. The first is a gun, a symbol of force, violence, and destruction. This is not the best instrument of tyranny. This is the type of thing used by tyrants who are stupid, clumsy, and desperate. When the masses are being controlled by this, they can clearly see they must destroy or escape whoever is pointing this at them. The smart tyrants use the other instrument of tyranny paper. The paper on which is printed the auto registration you must show, the proof of insurance you must show, the tax form that you must file, the permit or license that you must pay for, the application you must fill out. Whether we realize it or not, when we do this, we are really reacting to this. tyranny
4: most people don't realize
1: washington dc is not a part of the united states
21: there are three corporations disguised as cities that run the world district of columbia london and vatican city london is not a part of the uk and the district of columbia washington dc is not a part of the united states vatican city is not a part of italy together they control politicians courts educational institutions food supply natural resources foreign policies economics media and the money flow of most nations as well as 80 percent of the world's entire wealth The Queen of England referred to the City of London Corporation as the firm, but it is known as the Crown. Washington DC is not a part of the USA. District of Columbia is located on 10 square miles of land. DC has its own flag and own independent constitution. This constitution operates under a tyrannical Roman law known as Lex Fori. DC constitution has nothing to do...
22: ...of industry to take the action required. We know this will take trillions, not billions, of dollars. We also know that countries, many of whom are burdened by growing levels of debt, simply cannot afford to go green. Here we need a vast military-style campaign to marshal the strength of the global private sector. With trillions at its disposal, far beyond global GDP, and with the greatest respect, beyond even the governments of the world's leaders, it offers the only real prospect of achieving fundamental economic transition.
19: You're not slaves, but you are. The nine to five existence of your current lives is structured by the American industrial corporate complex, complicit with our government. You need to free yourselves from this. This is not. Life is, life is a great mystery, a glorious, unbelievably mysterious, beautiful existence. If you are free from those who control you, provide you with propaganda, lie to you, deceive you, everyone is looking for this escaped slave. I will not be found, and I will continue to speak.
13: We've now committed a hundred and... $13 $13 billion dollars to the Ukraine. For, for reference, the entire budget of EPA is $12 billion. The budget of CDC is $11 billion. We have 57% of Americans, we have a crisis here. We have a war on the poor. 57% of Americans cannot put their hand on $1,000 if they have an emergency. One quarter of Americans go to bed hungry. Hitler took the guns.
6: Stalin took the guns. Mao took the guns. Fidel Castro took the guns. Hugo Chavez took the guns. And I'm here to tell you, 1776 will commence again if you try to take our firearms. doesn't matter how many lemmings you get out there on the street begging for them to have their guns taken. We will not relinquish them. Do you understand? That's why you're going to fail, and the establishment
0: knows, no matter how much propaganda, the republic will rise again when you attempt to take our guns
23: biden won the democratic election i said this election's rigged
0: i said it before the election because it was why i said
23: do you think people who have spent the last four years inventing charges trying to get rid of Trump, are gonna put up Sleepy Joe and let him get landslided? You think they're that stupid? If Trump beat Hillary, they, they you think the people in charge of the world really believe Sleepy Joe's gonna do it? He didn't even campaign the whole time because they all knew it was in the bag. They said to Joe, don't worry, my friend, it's in the bag, take a nap. And what's interesting is about three months ago, there was a military coup in Myanmar. And I looked into it a bit and the reason the military took over is because they said the elections were rigged. The two political parties in Myanmar were around 51%, 49% back and forth for a while, until the 90s, when one political party became very good friends with the Clintons. Since then, they've won every single year by a huge margin, and the military's now taking the country back, saying all the elections are rigged, no one's voting for these people, and they keep winning. Do you know what voting machines they use? Which are the same as the United States. So now I realize the whole thing, now, every, now I know it's all fake.
2: Cross purposes. On the one hand, we're talking about results that we're hoping for. On the other hand, we're talking about processes that we're setting in motion. Uh, you're saying, should we hope for certain kinds of lessening of inequality and so on? Uh, The real question, the political question is, shall we set in motion certain processes because we hope for that, and do those processes enhance or reduce freedom? And I think the argument that Milton is making, certainly the argument that I would make, is that the attempt at doing these things, and it doesn't really matter, it's a complete straw man to talk about absolute inequality. But if it's you, it's if, no, 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 Yes, not at all. it is, no.
10: Absolutely, throughout the film, this is the straw man he brings up, in order to say how ridiculous to have absolute equality, and then he goes on no, to say no, how ridiculous my, to have absolute, my whole point and, is and is as well. as, a,
2: as a result, you see, that you set up processes who, who's, who's, end result may not be any more or less inequality than exists now, but the question is those processes may indeed reduce freedom greatly. Uh, I would go beyond the question of equality and, and put it more generally that any process to ascribe any status to any group of people, equality, inferiority, superiority, must necessarily reduce freedom because whatever the government wishes to ascribe to any group, whatever whatever place to use the phrase that was very common in the south that blacks should have their place, whatever place the government is going to assign to people, that place will not coincide, wait, that that place will not coincide either with what all those people are doing or with how others perceive all those people because there's too much diversity among human beings. To maintain any system of ascribed status from the top is going to mean reducing people's freedom across the spectrum. That's the point. People
24: have an ascribed status. It isn't as if government by its intervention creates it. People are born into this world in a given sector of a society and many, many of them are born at the bottom of the society. The argument uh, about equality of results was an argument that was linked to equality of opportunity. People recognized that unless there was a degree of equality in a degree of uh, enough food, enough security, uh, access to education. Unless these things were available to all children, then equality of opportunity was merely a mockery. That's why equality of results became an issue, and it became an issue for black people in the United States, and they expressed their concern, so whatever they didn't, the you expressed it, damn it, look. They no, they did not. They did they, not. They, ex- if, expressed that. Crisis, then reply, that. they expressed their will by their. Extraordinary participation in a protest movement that began in the late 1950s and didn't end until the 1960s. Intellectuals were not in that protest movement. You want me to answer? You want to keep going? You want me to
2: answer? I finished. Good. Black people have never supported, for example, affirmative action potas, anything of that sort, wherever polls have been taken, a black opinion on such matters of should people be paid equally, or should there be this or that, black people have never taken a position that you describe, so it is not a question of what black people chose to do, it's what you you choose to put in the mouths of black people, it is what you choose to, to project, it is not what any black people have ever said anywhere that you can put your finger you on. That's what you choose
24: to put into the mouth of the pollsters, as far as I can see, I put Look, the, the leadership pollsters?
2: of the black community. Like most people, I have never seen a pollster. If you look at the leadership of the black... ...the construction
22: of a new world order. That's what this is about. And that's the sort of dialogue the Chinese are generally good at. And and so a partnership between us is essential.
6: Where are we
22: as we think
6: about this time in American foreign policy? Are we at a special
22: moment which is being redefined? Uh, Are we creating a new world order? We're at a moment when the international system is in a period of change like we haven't seen for several hundred years. Uh, In uh, some parts of the world, the nation state on which the existing international system was based It's either uh, giving up its traditional aspects, like in Europe, or as in the Middle East. uh, There's a need for a new world order, but it has different characteristics in different parts of, of the world. We have to bring about, together with other countries, a different consciousness of what a world order is.
19: When you talk about
6: a a new structure, new, I'm, I'm not sure you've used the term new world order. I mean, what is it? Is it simply a world order that's defined by new interest?
22: You start by converting the whole world to our political philosophy. I don't think that can be done in one or two terms of an administration. That's a historic process. The United States is in a key position to shape this so that the problem of the Bush presidency will be the emergence of a new international order. Within the next four years we will see the emergence of a new international order. The beginning, the beginning of a new international order.
25: I'll just talk about seafaring humans when what what do they date that to
10: well there's the the great yes the great seafaring adventure that is accepted by archaeology is called the Polynesian expansion and it's a remarkable story and that occurs roughly 3,000 to 3,500 years ago and those Polynesians were amazing ocean navigators they could they could cross distances of thousands of kilometers with pinpoint accuracy i mean it's not an accident that the polynesians found easter island finding easter island is a a really challenging project easter island is two thousand miles from the coast of south america it's two thousand miles from the nearest other island which is tahiti it's just a little speck in the middle of the ocean but the polynesians found it and uh, settled there and appear to have brought a reproductively viable population there and appear to have made voyages back and forth but that was three thousand to three thousand five hundred years ago that was not twelve thousand eight hundred years ago Uh, and this is this is where archaeology's adamant position that ocean voyaging was begun by the Polynesians and that there was no major ocean voyages before that, I think needs to be strongly questioned and it needs to be strongly questioned in the light of this DNA evidence from the Amazon rather than rejecting the evidence and attempt should be made to consider what that might mean.
25: Well, it's interesting because we know that the Egyptians had boats yeah and so what i mean if there were boats four thousand five hundred years ago why do we think that they didn't try them out in the ocean that doesn't make any sense especially if they existed a thousand years prior which
10: is also possible archaeologists wouldn't argue that the egyptians had boats but but that is that is still within the the framework of accepted history it's Mm -hmm. it's the notion of a of a global navigating culture Mm. in the ice age that archaeologists can't swallow it's a subject that i've kept on coming up against over a number of years. I think the best evidence for it is ancient maps. Uh, which show the world as it looked during the last ice age. I have first explored this in Fingerprints of the Gods and I've touched on the mystery again and I have an an appendix on the subject in in this book because I think these are very important. We're talking about maps that were drawn roughly between the 1300s and the 1700s. In other words, in relatively recent history. However, these maps were largely based on much older source maps which they copied and we can say that for sure because one of the famous maps is the Piri Reis map which was created by a Turkish admiral called Piri Reis in the year 1513. Uh, Actually only a corner of his map has survived. It was originally a world map. We now just have a bit that shows the east coast of uh, South America and North America and the west coast of Africa. Piri Reis writes in that map that it is in his own handwriting that he based it on more than 100 older source maps some of which had come from the library of Alexandria. In other words, that maps had been, when the Library of Alexandria had been destroyed in the 4th century AD or whenever it was, some of its contents had been rescued and brought to Constantinople, which became the Turkish capital, and Piri Reis had access to those maps and he incorporated information from those maps on his maps, as well as incorporating more recent navigational information. And this is one of a whole category of maps which are extremely hard to explain all of them based on older source maps, now lost, all of them incorporating extremely precise relative longitudes and latitudes. Latitude is not that difficult a technological feat, but longitude is a difficult technological feat. Longitude involves a chronometer. It involves knowing the time at the place you began your voyage and the local and local noon as well and calculating the difference between them. You need a chronometer that will keep accurate time at sea with the mov- motions of a ship and it's just a plain fact that our civilization did not invent such a chronometer until the late 18th century. Before that, we didn't know what longitude we were at and ships were constantly sailing unexpectedly into coastlines that they thought were hundreds of miles uh, further away. So the discovery of the technique to do longitude was a major civilizational advance. Its presence in maps, based on much older source maps that actually show the world as it looks during the last ice age, suggests that somebody during the last ice age was mapping the world and had mastered the technique of calculating uh, longitude. Classic example of these maps, um, and I make a point of this, is what's called the Pinkerton world map which was drawn in the year 1818, and it was based on the latest navigational information at that time. I reproduced that map in the the book. What's missing from the map, entirely missing, is Antarctica. There's just a hole at the bottom of the world. There's nothing there. The reason that Antarctica is not there is that our civilization hadn't discovered Antarctica in 1818. So they couldn't authentically put it on a map in 1818. Actually, we discovered it in 1819, and that's when it starts appearing on modern maps. The problem is that Antarctica appears repeatedly on these much older maps and it appears in the right place. So what all of this suggests to me is that the world was mapped and explored by a global seafaring culture with a level of technology that was at least equivalent to ours at the end of the 18th century uh, during the Ice Age.
25: Wasn't there also a map of Greenland that showed it underneath the ice?
10: Yes, there are. Another intriguing thing, I mentioned the Piri Reis map just now. Shown on the Piri Reis map lying off the east coast of North America is a large island with a row of megaliths like a road of megaliths running up the middle of it um that island is in the exact place of the grand bahama banks so this island is sitting there off the southeast coast of north america look if at we the way could, they used to draw things back then too and and what you see running down the middle of it is this road-like feature of of, of mm-hmm. megaliths I'll yes i
25: see right there yeah He's here. Mm-hmm.
10: He's here. now the thing is it was a long period of my life when I, I did a lot of scuba diving and I was looking at, at underwater structures. And one of the sites I dived on was the Bimini Road, which is in the Grand Bahama Banks. Mm. And the Bimini Road is exactly where that island is. And the, the, here's the issue. I don't care whether the Bimini Road is natural or man-made. For me, the mystery is that it is shown above water on that map. And the last mm-hmm. time it was above water was thousands and thousands of years ago. So for me, this is all evidence that we shouldn't dismiss the possibility that our ancestors had achieved a level of technology where they could explore and map the world's oceans. We shouldn't dismiss that.
25: There it is there's, right there. So the we Bimini don't Road. know what those stones are or how they were created by but- Look at that! I mean, yeah. that looks so and, man-made, and
10: and you can see that it's rather like the, the the pattern that's shown on the on the island in the in the map. How the, deep is that today? Oh, it's not very deep. It's about twenty feet. I mean,
25: but we think that that was above water at oh, some point it was,
10: in it was definitely above water during the last ice age uh, when it when it finally went underwater it may have been as late as 8 or 9000 years ago
25: is there anything else compelling that's in the immediate area that seems to indicate that there was some
10: sort of a man-made structure well nobody's looked for it oh. uh, and the whole effort of archaeology has been to dismiss the significance of the Bimini Road how would they dismiss that well they say See, it's just to me... it's, they say it's totally natural come on <laughs> are you sure as somebody who spent a lot of time diving on the Bimini Road I'm I can tell you, I absolutely do not think it's natural. I think it's a man-made structure. But the argument is that it's a kind of beach rock that forms in these blocky formations. Does it? Yes, a- beach rock does form in blocky formations. But here, I believe that the beach rock has been used as a construction material. Mm. But, I repeat, the key issue is not whether the Bimini Road is man-made or not. Mm-hmm. The key issue is that it features on a map above water and that is a dating project that tells us that somebody was mapping that bit of the world when it was above water
6: sharing some of this information with you i am in the process of violating my national security oath the planet earth is and has been the subject of an extensive detailed study by several extraterrestrial civilizations the human race is a hybrid we were seated here and we have had an intimate interrelationship with high technology advanced intelligence for hundreds of thousands of years it hasn't stopped they are still involved i'm not trying to frighten you but i'm trying to say to you that in the next very few short years you're going to be experiencing things that are going to literally change your life in ways you have never dreamed or imagined and you better be
22: ready for it
14: whatever you're going through right now it's happening on purpose in order to forge you into the person that you were created to be, ultimately. But if you quit, you will never get to be the person that you were created to be. One friend that always tells you the truth, that never beats around the bush, never walks
10: on eggshells, that hurts your feelings sometimes, he's not the asshole. All your other friends that sit idly by while you destroy yourself and tell you that you're just fine the way you are, they're the assholes. The best friends you can have in the world are the ones that don't care what you want to hear. They only tell you what you need to hear and they'll keep it a hundred percent real always. The friends that you hate the most in the short term are going to be the ones that you love the most in the long term because they have your best interests in mind. They want to see you fulfill your potential and be what they know you can be.
7: The banks
24: that you've sold include USB, Wells Fargo, Goldman Sachs, JP Morgan, PNC. Should we think that they are banks that aren't run well run because you've sold them? Or- no. I did sell
13: banks that we'd owned for
22: 25 or 30 years, and, I, and, and if they asked me why I did it, I told them. But uh, uh, and I liked the people. I mean, they're, they're, I, I just think the system isn't set up quite right in terms of connecting punishment to culprits on something that's an important, it's incredibly important that your banking system run well in the country. I, it just isn't going to work unless you have a banking system that works and you don't want them to create periodic crises unnecessarily okay
7: the cloward piven strategy is a political gambit designed to overwhelm the american government by placing so many demands on the bureaucratic structure that it collapses it's sort of a shock and awe campaign a surprise attack on entrenched systems meant to force major changes to the ways that things are handled by the government It may be messy, but it does harken back to a fundamental ideology of the American Republic. If it ain't fixed, break it.
1: All of this explains the likes of AOC.
5: What people like AOC are doing, what the squad is doing is really very important. Very important. But at the same time, there, there is this movement which is so big, it's Some people say it's the biggest movement in American history. It's hard to know because it's hard to measure a movement, but it is big and it is interracial and it penetrates into every small town. I now am in upstate New York. The town I'm closest to has maybe 2,000 people. You know, we have little demonstrations in front of the post office for Black Lives Matter, and this is Trump country. Nevertheless, there is a Black Lives Matter demonstration. So it's a very potent and important moment in American political development. And we have to make the most of it, because if we don't, we don't know what's going to happen, but it's not going to be good
23: Reporting for InfoWars, this is Greg Reese.
19: What is Grey State?
6: Of every enemy of the state!
12: Grey State
8: is less a movie than it is a warning. We do not live in a dictatorship, but we do live in a police state. What we're gonna see is the unveiling of this gray state foisted upon America. The thing that you have to begin to understand about conspiracy theory is that at some point, it's no longer theory. You talk about peak oil, you talk about FEMA camps, you talk about global warming, you talk about the UN, you talk about the NWO. They're prepping for Megadeth.
20: This is a plan that was agreed to by 179 nations. It's called the Agenda for the 21st Century. It's a totalitarian state being developed right now, all over the world. It is the inventory and control plan. Inventory and control of all land, all water, all minerals, all plants, all animals, all construction, all means of production, all food, all energy, all information, and all human beings in the world. And this is a plan that was agreed to by 179 nations back in 1992. It's a United Nations plan. It's called the Agenda for the 21st Century. And so many of us around the world think that um, well sustainable development, it just sounds so great. But when
10: you get into a secret society of spirit worshipers, then, and especially when you're invited there by the direction of the higher ups in the spirit world, you never get out of there alive. We worship spirits, we worship Lucifer, Lucifer and all his angels. They're just as beautiful as they did before they were cast out of heaven. He says there was a misunderstanding in the whole thing among the inhabitants of the galaxies. And he says our master was misunderstood. And they always praise the the great master, Satan, as a super intelligent being that he is, beautiful to behold. And if he ever appears to you, you won't be able to look upon him because it would be too bright. Herbert Hoover, Mark Linkletter, Jack London, and
4: Richard Nixon all had in common. Well, they've all been members of the exclusive all male Bohemian Club in California, where every year at this time the elite from around. Klaus Schwab was
19: born in 1938. So, obviously, those are fundamentally um, historic years in Western history. We're approaching um, World War II. Lots of people wanted to believe he was Hitler, youth or something, and he was a but by the end of the World War, he would have been six years old, so his father would have been the person he looked up to, and he did, he followed everything his father said. Now, his father was the head of a Nazi model company. Eugen Schwab, was the managing director of the Ravensburg branch. Escherweiss itself was making uh, U-boat submarine parts, flamethrowers for the Germans during the time, atomic bombs and etc., and bits for fighter planes. So every single part of the war machine had a little bit of Escherweiss in it.
9: I believe that this is the beginning of the biggest discovery of humankind. I'm about to claim that I have proof that we live in a simulation. Now I know it's a lot to live up to, so either I just shot myself in the foot or I have something that is truly enormous and profound for you. How do we deem what's real? How do we decide what in fact is real? The way we decide what's real nowadays is... Through the scientific method. And it's a really good myth. The scientific method essentially states that if you can observe something over and over and over again, and you can reproduce the results, and you can ask the right questions and you can theorize the right things about the process and you will get something fundamentally true. The problem with that is that we're looking at it through the senses, the way that we we'll perceive them. What if I would tell you that in order to see a portion of reality that we so far have not been saying, the only way to do that? is to be in an altered state. Now, this is not a new statement all by itself. People have claimed this many times. When they do certain substances or they go into a trance, they seem to see another portion of the world that we don't usually see. Now, that's a deal breaker for science right there because they deem those states incoherent. Well, I'm back to differ, and I'll tell you why I disagree. I'm not saying that the scientific method is wrong. It absolutely is the most valuable thing we have. Obviously, we don't see the majority of the electromagnetic spectrum. We only see the, what is the tiny sliver of the vis- visible light and we know that other things out there but we know that because we built instruments that can sense this part of the electromagnetic field and we build other instruments to interact with other fields that tell us that they're there. We also build models or theories that allow us to probe into the more speculative nature of the bigger pictures in the universe. Those models are taken more seriously simply because they rest on very heavy mathematics that seem to match with other predictions that we can measure. All of that is a super valuable and a super valid way to look at the world. In fact, there is no better way of coming at a problem as far as we know today. But here's why I'm making my suggestion. I'm about to claim to you that I found a way to stabilize a signal from those altered states that allows you to see something that is as real as anything that you want to define as real. And this three-dimensional space. By seeing this, I realized that certain things hold a quality that we don't know how to talk about it, because everything in our physical world is just defined as the physical world, and therefore we don't think of it in any special terms. The fact that things don't just disappear, the fact that they're always there no matter when you look at them, and there's a certain other quality that we don't usually think about, but there's a certain rigidity. It's almost like insistence of the object to be itself. The best way I found to describe it is that it's epistemologically sound. I know it sounds loaded, but essentially all it means is that it has this quality of realness. It's very clearly there. It's not the same as walking in the middle of the night and looking at a tree and not being sure if the tree's a person or not. What I'm claiming to have found, it is like a chair sitting in front of you. It's very coherent, it's right, there. For the most part, I fully agree. If all you can come up with are these esoteric stories, no matter how many of those stories will compile together, it will never amount to true proof of anything. And we're not going to have any way to talk about these things objectively until maybe we have some more advanced tools like Neuralink linking our brains or projecting our thoughts onto a screen, which will make it more feasible to think about ways in which we can agree on what is actually being observed. But what if I tell you that without any Neuralink, you can actually produce the same observation over and over and over again in fact no matter how many people stand in the room at the same time they would see exactly the same thing so here's the secret you ready for this i want to be clear i'm not condoning anyone doing drugs but it just happens to be the case that if you smoke dimethyltryptamine (DMT) and then you project a 650 nanometer refracted laser i will show you exactly what it means at the end of the video of course, be very careful when, because you are in an altered state, and you project it on a wall. If you do that, and you look into the laser, you will see something very interesting. Inside, not in the light in itself, but behind the light, you will see patterns, but more than that, you would see numbers running. The thing here is that it's not like because you're in a psychedelic state, you see all those patterns moving around, and any random pattern will transform to random things, which psychedelics absolutely do, you will see something very coherent. And if you move the laser, you will notice that it's not moving with the laser. The laser, in fact, is moving across a sea of information it's like it's shining through it's showing us what's behind if you look inside you will notice that it's a different frame of reference it's on a different plane so if this is the end of the door whatever it is inside is not moving when you move the beam of the laser it has real coordinates in space it's very clear you can identify the motion you can identify the qualities and you can talk about it in just as real terms as you can talk about a table or a chair in the room now I show this to many people at this point and this is how I have the confidence to say that this is actually actually there i understand that this is a big claim and it will require way more than a few dozen people seeing it but this is why a bigger research is required the larger claim is that well either we actually live in a simulation and that's what this is is the source code that is running the place or we get to peer into this parallel dimension that has this code running in it whatever it is it's there it's a hundred percent there and I think it's time for science to start loosening up a little bit their ways and methods of doing things, experimenting with new ways of trying to understand the world. Because if there is an entire sliver of reality that we simply can't see because of how we're constructed, there's certain bandwidths that we can't actually absorb, then no matter what instruments you're going to build, you're not going to see them, even with those instruments. Now what if at the moment, the only instrument to see this thing is to alter our brain and then using this laser just like a telescope looks at light that comes from very far away this laser somehow the refraction itself allows us to peer into that space somehow the information carried from that space is sifting through into our space through that wavelength but in addition to that we might need to be in a different state to actually be able to see it. And that's something that at the moment science doesn't become close to entertain that notion or that idea, but I think it should. I'm going to keep trying to talk to researchers and individuals and explain what I found. I think it's up to all of us to make that discovery together because it's way too big for one individual to handle. The difference between any other claim that was put on the table on this subject before, and what I'm saying is that this is the first time we have a tool that potentially can help us talk about this. in objective terms. And again, extraordinary claims require extraordinary evidence, so because of the size of the claim, this doesn't amount to anything that meets the criteria of what extraordinary evidence would be. But this is a very good place to start. This is a real conversation which you start having. This is why I'm putting this video out there.
1: All right, people! Andrew for America here hope you enjoyed the super cut today and uh, like that gentleman said I'm just trying to show you some information tell you some truth I'm not an asshole I'm your friend and you might think I'm the asshole right now but in the long term I assure you I actually am probably your most trusted friend And we haven't even met in person. Thank you for listening. I love you guys so much. I hope you are enjoying... (laughs) I hope you are enjoying the Politics and Punk Rock podcast. Take care of each other out there. Good night. We'll see you next time. This has been a bonus episode of the Politics and Funk Rock Podcast, entitled Reality, Lies, Damned Lies, and Statistics, Part 8. Tick, tock, tick, tock, tick, tock, tick, tock, we'll see you next time.